Mr. Ronnie has our special this morning. This song is talking about, I've got a peace like a river. And you get peace when you get to know the Lord as your Savior. And even after you know the Lord as your Savior, sometimes you need the peace of the Lord in your heart and things. And this is one I come up with. Have you ever had an empty feeling so many miles away from home? And everyone was trying to be friendly, but you felt so all alone. Well, it took me some time me to uncover the purpose he had in my life. Well, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where to take me. I praise the Lord, he made my heart right. Now I got peace like a river. Rolling deep in my mind I got peace like a river And He said He'd be with me for all time In the Lord there's peace, in the Lord there's peace. I'm not one to move high mountains or part a big bridge sea. I can't walk on water like my Lord Jesus, but I thank Him for setting me free. Well, it's all I can do in this life to get through these valleys here below. I don't deserve a mansion up in heaven, but I thank my dear Lord, so now I got peace like a river rolling deep in my mind. I got peace like a river. And he said he'd be with me forever, for all time. In the Lord there is peace. In the Lord there is peace. Amen. Oh, I wish we were all that talented. That's awesome. I appreciate you using your talents for the honor and glory of the Lord. Go ahead and head to the book of Nehemiah. We'll continue.
looking at this subject in the book of Nehemiah, strengthening our hands as we for this work that we'll be doing. I thank you so very much for being here, choosing. Even we have a lot of people out for different reasons, a lot of stuff happening. It's baseball time. It's softball time. We had a couple of games last uh, or yesterday, and that uh, went uh, really well. Now we're kind of getting in the summertime rhythm. I'm ready for the warmer weather. Uh, without the pollen, it would be all right. And uh, th- so thankful the rain kind of washed some of that away. But I am just uh, thrilled again to see each of you. Uh, <clears throat> left my glasses over at the house, so I'll be squinting my eyes just a teeny bit. But uh, hey, you know, many of you know how it is. We're going to uh, take off reading in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1, on the road to revival. Now, I know we just had revival, and it is should be continuing. We should still have the spirit of revival. And as I was looking at this next chapter, and I looked at what we're covering, I said, wow, this is a great thought. These are some great things, and we'll try to look at them, and I pray that The Word of God will just speak to your heart this morning and that you will get exactly in your heart what the Lord wants you to hear today. So let's all stand for the reading of God's Word, Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 1. And uh, whether you follow along in the bulletin or whether you follow along on the screen, either one, I just thank you for your participation in this part of the service Now on the twenty and fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloths and earth upon them. That just means dirt, if you have a King James Bible. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law the Lord their God, one-fourth part of the day, and another fourth part of the day they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to read your word and to listen to what your Holy Spirit has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for helping me out. And we'll get to that. You know, the one thing that jumps out at me that I have marked in my Bible in verse 3 as I was looking at that. Uh, that's the sixth hour. The one-fourth part of the day is referring to their 12-hour day, not their nighttime. And so that was a, uh, three hours and three hours. They had a six-hour church service. Now, Brother Kenneth, even on our best Sunday, you know, uh, that's basically four hours maybe, if you, two and two. And so it's really, you know, not that far-fetched for us to think about a six-hour church service. Now, they might go all the, the, the whole length of time, maybe stopping for a break, but, uh, or maybe not. But at least we have a nap time in between our two church services. Y'all do know it's scriptural to have nap time on Sunday afternoon. Lay down, take a nap. So you can say, the preacher said it's scriptural, so I'm taking a nap. And uh, you can just use that as an excuse. The Bible does say to take care of yourself. The road to 
uh, revival leads to the road to repentance. And that's what we're going to look at first. The road to repentance. And they're talking about repentance in these verses. And just right off the bat, just some things that we can knock out and we can see. Number one is that they assembled in verse 1. And assembling in verse 1... <clears throat> brings out a few thoughts that I want to share with you. And that is, number one, it's good to assemble. It's, and it's just, the Bible mentions it in the Old Testament that they assemble together. Normally, remember, they had a, their worship services. They had their feast days. They had other days that they came together and assembled. Uh, now we assemble on the first day of the week. And assembling is a gathering together and uh, to worship the Lord. The Bible also says it's not as... It's not in our outline or anything, but in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verse 25, it says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, which means encouraging one another, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so assembling is good. A church service is good. Uh, church worship is important. Now, uh, I've... Mentioned this several times on hurry up and move to it, and that's fasting. It mentions here in this same verse that they were fasting with sackcloth and earth. And what this meant was this fasting time that they had, they did without, mostly they did without food. Something I've been praying about a while. And, uh, and I, you know, and there's several different uh, logistical reasons for it. And that is, I said, you know what? Uh, let me ask y'all this. Let's do a quick survey in here. How many of you in here have a smartphone? Raise your hand. Smartphone means you have a data plan. Okay, many people have a smartphone. A lot of older generation have a smartphone. And uh, we were all saying the figured that uh, when Brother Norbert got a smartphone, that the Lord was coming back real soon. And uh, so that thought that, but that's great. My dad, who's just a little bit younger than Brother Norbert. Where's Brother Norbert Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. My dad's just a little bit younger, Brother Norbert and uh, and and I always admired my dad because when he changed his job, he had to get real tech savvy with some things. And he was whenever he dove into it, he was 65 at the time, and he just dove into it. He's uh, uh, 70 now, and uh, you know, and I was like. You know, he wasn't afraid of it. The uh, other day, I, it's Friday, I wanted to do something I've never done before. I said, you know, because I'm not scared of nothing. I'm scared of the Lord. That's who I'm scared scared of. And I said, uh, I said, you know what I've never done in my life? I said, I'm going to give blood. Never have. I didn't tell them that I was prone to fasten, passing out. I said, because I figured they wouldn't accept me. So I said, I'm just going to try it. I said, I can mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. And so I just thought about rebuilding engines and different things and, and uh, painting houses, everything I could think of, playing basketball. And I got halfway through. And I said, uh-oh. <laughs> and a fellow said, what's wrong? I said, uh, the lights are going out. <laughs> anyway, he helped me through it, did real good. Real good. And it was, if on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being completely gone, I was a 9.7. Okay. <laughs> I could hear his voice, but that was it. And I was talking to him. But I made, I'm not, you know, I wasn't worried about that. But, you know, in thinking about uh, all these tech things, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a fast from I'm going to take a fast from my smartphone. So I went down to my dumb phone here. You go from smartphones to a dumb phone. When all you can do is talk on it, 
you get a dumb phone, okay? How many of you have a dumb phone? <laughs> I like my dumb phone. I can talk on it. And you can send a little text if you want to, but that's it. No pictures. And uh, Sean tried to send me a picture yesterday. I said, no pictures. And, uh, but I'm taking a fast from my smartphone for a while. And uh, I'm going to shoot for a year. That's my goal. We'll see how long it lasts. But uh, I don't think I'll make it. No. Yeah. The Lord's help, maybe. But there's, uh, the, what I'm, my point is, according to the Bible, according to the Bible and the Old Testament, fasting means an affliction of the soul. And so there are different ways that you could fast. Now, some of you could, some of you could fast. Yeah, we could fast from eating. All right, sure. But you can fast from different things. You could fast from saying, you know what? I, I watch uh, a show, and that man, you know, I really, I love it. But oh, by the way, if you fast from it and don't miss it, you're not fasting at all. Fasting means to afflict your soul. It means it has to hurt. Okay, that's right. It's got to do something. So, folks, most of us, when we fast from food, we miss it. Okay, we miss. So, if it's not, if you don't miss, you say, "Well, I'm glad I stopped doing that." That's not a fast. You just quit a bad habit. Okay, and uh, but if you miss it, if you miss it, that's a fast. It's an affliction of the soul. So. Folks, when they come, came together here, when you worship the Lord, remember me talking, and I know they probably didn't, maybe they thought about, hey, I came to church by riding a car, and it's really impossible in 60 seconds to try to get these young people to think about, I get to come to church in a car, but folks, so many of us have it so easy, don't we? We don't do without. We don't suffer. It doesn't cost. We don't have to suffer to come to church. We don't have to do without to come to church. So many of us don't have any hardships besides most of our hardships are what? Health. Most of our hardships in this world are what? Our health is our only hardship we have most of the time. Now, sometimes there's other hardships, like we can lose a loved one. There's other hardships, like, uh, uh, you know, death. There's other hardships, like losing a job. Yes, those are hardships. But most of us have it much better than people in other parts of the world. And then so they're, they're assembling together. They're sacrificing. That's the fasting. They're also uh, confessing sin in verse 2. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins. Notice this, that basically, and we'll get to this in just a second, a little bit more detail, but they confessed their sins and they confessed the sins of their fathers. You know what? We've messed up, Lord. Remember, they were coming back from being slaves. They were coming back from uh, Babylonian captivity and Persian captivity, and they were going back to Jerusalem. And our forefathers, they were slaves too one time. They were slaves in Egypt. And they messed up too. So they, and he'll go through all that in just a second. But folks, confession of sin does lead to worship. In verse 3, they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law and, their, and of the Lord their God one-fourth part of the day. And another part, they had what we had call a breakout prayer session. It says in another fourth part of the day, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. That's in verse 3. Well... 
And looking at all this, what does this tell me? That if I want to have a good worship service, if we want to have continue to have revival, if our church wants to get, listen to me very closely, many you say, well, we're doing good. Numbers are up and offerings are doing good. Those are always good things. But folks, those are just nickels and numbers, aren't they? A real spiritual health of a church is measured I think in our prayer life, do we pray? Do we respond? Do we sing? Do we participate? Folks, we need to be in prayer for everybody and everything. But folks, we really need to be in prayer for spiritual things. Our mission. As we're going to have this prayer service tonight. I'm going to incorporate Brother Martin, Brother Trey. There's two other team members that are going from Shady Grove. And we'll... Uh, course be praying for their whole week their entire week but we need to pray for revival we need to pray for uh, uh people being saved we need to name names we need to 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 talk about to, to be specific with the lord folks we have answered prayer all around us we need to pray god give me grace and boldness that i may speak to others about you how long has it been since i witnessed to somebody how long has it been since i gave a tract i'm I'm a little nervous. I don't know the answers and I shouldn't ever tell anybody about Jesus. Folks, that's our main purpose for being here is telling people about Jesus. The next thing, the next step I want to talk about is the road of review. And the road of review is just is simply this. The road of review is saying, let me think about where have I come from? What have I gone through? My family, my life, and the road of review is think right now. Think about this. Many of us have have a when we review our life, you can and the big thing that pops up are regrets and doubts and mistakes. Most people, when they think about their past or their life, they think about regrets or doubts or mistakes they might have made. But folks. What you need to do is, you. this is what I've preached ever since I've been here. If you want to have a powerful Christian life, take your regrets, your doubts, and your mistakes that you've made in your life, give them to God, say, I'm going to learn from my mistakes, and I'm looking ahead. I'm looking forward. That's it. Folks, don't live in the past. Yes, learn from it. Yes, don't, but don't stay there and say, if only I have done, if only I had done, if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have done this. Stop doing that. That is the road the devil wants you to live on. He wants you to take your doubts, your mistakes, your, uh, your regrets and give them to... Uh, he wants you to stay on them. He wants you to feel guilty and not serve the Lord. I can't serve the Lord because I've done this. I can't serve the Lord because I made this mistake. Just stop. They took all of that and they worshipped how? They said, our father's messed up. We've messed up. But we're going to serve the Lord. And as we looked at some of these... Scriptures they go through, and uh, just real quick, and basically verses six through fifteen is basically all. This is I'm gonna sum it up in redneck language. You're a great God, and you've done a lot of good things for us. <laughs> because I mean, you can just check out verse six. It says, "You're God, and you made heaven and earth, 
And then he goes through and he lists a bunch of other stuff. God, you're awesome. You're wonderful. And you've done a lot of great things and you've also done a lot of great things for us. Our forefathers did mess up in verses 16, 17, 18 are basically that. Verse 16 is what I call the road to ruin. The road to ruin is, is this, but they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to uh, thy commandments. So if you want to ruin your life, how do you do it? If you want to ruin your future, all you have to do is hang on to your pride. That's it. That's the summation. I love it when I can... And sometimes God's Word just leaps out and tells you. But He just sums it up for us. They dealt proudly. I'm going to do what I want to do. I've heard people tell me before. I don't care what that Bible says. I... Whoa, you stay right there. I'm getting over here. Because there may be a lightning bolt come through that fresh paint and just zap you. You know, I don't want to... That That's a road to ruin. And sometimes it can come quickly. Pride is our downfall. Pride can be a downfall. Pride can... Hey, listen, have you ever met somebody? And, and listen, all of us... Probably over half of the people in this room would... Now, I don't like to ask anybody for help. Uh, I just want to do it on my own. But folks, sometimes pride can hurt. And there's nothing wrong with having pride in a job well done, you know. That's, hey, I need to take pride if I'm working on this project. I need to have pride in that. That I do a good job. If my child makes a good grade, son, proud of your good grade. That's awesome. I get excited about Caleb's grades. All right, get, it, get, get thrilled. Hey, son, way to go! We won't talk about what they're relative to, okay? <laughs> And uh, But we can get excited about a good grade. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your kids. But it is pride when you say that we won't let God influence the way He wants to influence. When we won't let God do what He wants to do in our lives. That's the bad... Folks, I'm reading it to you right out of the Bible. What happened to these people? In verse 17, we have what is called the road to rebellion. In verse 17, and refused to obey, neither would they mindful of wonder. I don't care if the Red Sea just parted. I don't care if it rains bread from heaven every morning. I don't care that Jesus raised him from the dead or came. I'm going to do what I want to do. Of course, Jesus wasn't even here yet because this is an Old Testament. But. There were many people that saw Jesus perform great works and walked away. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon. Aren't y'all glad that God is a forgiving God? That God is a slow to anger? He's merciful and of great kindness, and He forsook them not. 
That is a great glimpse of mercy and grace at the end of verse 17. And, the, and then verse 18, what I call the road to rejection. Yea, when they made a, them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt and had wrought great provocations. Basically this, to sum that up, remember... Moses was up on the mountain. He's getting the Ten Commandments. He's getting the law. And he came down. The people are having a big party. And uh, Aaron was supposed to be in charge. His brother, and he, he, he said, what happened? And he said, well, everybody threw the gold in the fire and the, this calf jumped out. Yeah, right. And it's basically this, because they were rebellious, because they got their eyes off God, because they're coming out there and they said, I don't know what's going to happen. They started thinking about, about those gods back in Egypt. And they started turning away. They started listening to their flesh. Some bozo, some bozo come up with this lame brain idea of making a god. And Moses is walking down with the Ten Commandments, and guess what one of those says? Thou shalt not have any other God before me, and thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. He's already ready for them, and he knew their hearts, and he was going to kill them. Moses was an intercessor. There's somebody right now praying for you. They're praying for you and being an intercessor for you. The next road that I want to talk about is the road to reconciliation. The road to getting right. The road to reconciliation is all the way down to verse 30 in our text. Even whenever we look at verse 30, it says, Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifiest against them, by thy spirit and thy prophets, yet would not they not give ear? <clears throat> does um, does anybody in here have a spouse that needs a hearing aid? Anybody have a spouse that needs a? <laughs> I've got a hearing aid. Only got one in right now because this thing here. But I, it's, it's really, you know, I, I remember whenever I was, uh, when I was still in high school, I had a hearing loss, but I could survive by sitting on the front and uh, left. That way my right ear, which is my good ear, would be toward the people, uh, toward the teacher. And uh, does... Uh, does, are there any wives in here that have husbands with selective hearing? Anybody? I get a, can I get a testimony? Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm just making sure that we're not the only couple that has this problem. We've been through counseling before. We counsel each other. and uh, But I do, I do, I, you know, and, and I have to tell Karen, I, get my attention first, okay? But folks... And that's fine and good. We all have spouses that have maybe a hearing loss. Or maybe not hearing loss, but this disease called selective hearing. But here, it says, not only after I got your attention, but you still wouldn't listen even after I got your attention. God's saying, I got your attention. 
And you, what does it say right there in verse 30? Yet would they not give ear. You don't care what I've got to say. You're not listening to me. And you're not hearing. Do you? It's kind of like that person who said, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm trying to talk to you. And that's exactly what God is saying to them right now. But listen, it says in the very first part, yet many years did us what? Thou forbear them. God is a loving, patient, merciful, kind, gracious, and awesome God. Amen? He puts up with your stuff, my stuff. He puts up with your stupidity and my stupidity. He puts up with all of our... So many of us have life so good, yet how much do we sacrifice to give back to Him? And it could, I'm not talking about just finances. Many of you are very generous and thank you for that. But folks, so many of us, He would rather have our heart than any other part of our life. Romans 5, 8, such a very famous verse. It says, but God commendeth. You know what that word commendeth means? Proved or shows. His love toward us. Before you got saved, He still loved you. And died for you. The road to reconciliation, if you back up to Nehemiah chapter... uh, Still in the same chapter, but verse 28, it says, But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee, before, uh, therefore leftest them out in the hand of the enemy so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to what? According to thy mercies. And then Lamentations chapter 3, and uh, this great little short book right after the book of Jeremiah. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, the Word of God says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. How many of you remember an old fable called The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Anybody ever heard the story? (laughs) And it is a fable, but you know the story. He says, you know, he's out working in the field, and they have wolves that get the animals. And he says, there's a wolf, there's a wolf. And just because he wants some attention, they come, hey, where's the wolf? we got our shotguns, we got the bow and arrows, we got the crossbows, we're ready. I, I didn't really see a wolf. And remember, he did that two or three times. And then when the wolf really showed up, he cried wolf again. But aren't you glad that when we cry and God... He's always there listening. Even whenever we cry out of the wrong reason. Even when we cry out to Him whenever we deserve what we're going through. Then lastly, in closing, is what I want to call the road to a relationship. This morning, as usual, I talked to my dad. 
He called, actually, I called him. I knew I'd have his deacons meeting early, so I said, I'm going to get this <laughs> to Roland's. I called him a few minutes early because uh, 9 o'clock trying to head over here. And uh, so I called him, and, you know, and I'm so glad that he and I, I asked about my memoir, Reese, and all that. And I'm glad that we have a close relationship. But what could ruin my relationship with my dad? I could lie to him. I could be dishonest with him in some other form or fashion. But you know, you know what? He's still my dad. Now, there's two different kinds of relationships that are hap- that are here this morning. You have, you're saved, and you have a heavenly Father. And maybe you're not live. Maybe you haven't called him in a while. That's called prayer, and it's toll free. Okay. Maybe you haven't spent very much time with him. You may have a parent that uh, sometimes, hey, you haven't called in a while. You haven't done this in a while. But Or maybe you have a child, and maybe you, y'all too, may, your relationship may be strained for one reason or another. There's all sorts of reasons that that happens. But listen to me very closely. Reconciliation means somebody has to take the first step to making it right. Did you hear me? For anybody to reconcile, somebody has to make the first move. Because, you know, what? have you you ever heard of people that have an awed against each other? You can say it any way you want to. They have a problem with each other. They don't like each other. They don't care for one another. And it's just going to be that way till Jesus comes. That's right. There will never, ever be reconciled. They will never make things right. Aren't you glad that God doesn't treat you that way? I get an amen or an oh me. Thank the Lord that God does. He makes the first move. And He did it with His, with His Son Jesus. And that's a perfect example for us. To be reconciled with our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ through mercy and long-suffering. Two quick scriptures, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. This is a very famous passage. You shall seek me. In other words, things aren't right. You're going to seek me. You need me. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. He'll make things right with you. And then, finally... The best relationship you can have, of course, is knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This little bitty verse in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But as long-suffering means 
That's an old word for he's patient. He's waiting. Long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. As we prepare for a hymn invitation, as our musicians and our song leader gets ready for a song, I ask you this morning, what about your relationship with God? What about sacrifice? What about fasting? What about saying, you know what, I do need to confess some things to God? Get it off your heart. Put your past in the past. They were talking about the sins of their forefathers. Man, I I was raised in a broken home. This happened, that happened. I don't know what your past has in it. But give it to God and say, I need yes, I need to learn from it, and I need to do better than my family did. You can that's that's a good thing. I've learned from my mistakes. It's best always learn from the mistakes of others. Say, I don't need to do that. And I need to move on. But don't let that be a guilty stumbling block. I can't be used of God. I, I, I can't serve God because I've been this, I've been that, I've done this, I've done that. Put the past in the past. Learn from it and say, I've got my eyes on the prize and His name is Jesus Christ. I've got my eyes on Him. I'm walking. I'm headed that way. Dear Lord, use me. I want to serve you. I want to do what I can for you. Just take. I, you're the potter and I'm the what? I'm the clay. Take me, mold me, make me. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity this morning. Help us to live for you, serve you. May we be renewed and refreshed this morning because of your word gives us hope that no matter what life, what things have happened in our life, lives, that we can still love you and serve you because you're merciful, you're gracious, you're patient. Thank you for being great and kind. In Jesus' name, amen.